You hate health insurance. And let's be frank, it's a miracle you've even downloaded this podcast. But you'll be so glad you did. How in the Health Insurance is designed to make coverage and care open and transparent to take the fear out of keeping you and your family safe. We might even save you some money along the way. This podcast is hosted by Matt Allen of Iconic Insurance, and you can learn more at iconic-insurance.com. Thank you very much. I am Matt Allen, the founder of Iconic Insurance and the host of How in the Health Insurance podcast. Uh, With me, as always, is Brittany Green from Tucker Mortgage. Hi. And my business development guru partner, Brett Luce. Hello. And today we have on a special guest, uh, Kim Paget, founder and principal owner, would you say, of the tax advantage? I would say principal. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll say that. Short answer. She's, she's in charge, but you have a partner. Two. Yeah, you have two other partners. Okay, yes. but you've been doing it for 35 years, I think you had yes. said. And that's incredible. Um, and so... The reason I wanted to have you on is there is some, not necessarily, no, I would call it confusion with the ACA and how it pertains to taxes in a lot of different ways, um, because there is an advanced premium tax credit. Um, There used to be a tax penalty that we could talk about a little bit. And, you know, I've come across a lot of people when helping them get on the ACA or reconciling premium tax credits at the end of the year who did it totally wrong. And so what I really want to get out there is just sort of helping people identify if the Affordable Care Act is right for them based on their income and what sort of things they would need to get together, what sort of needs things they would need to gather, things to avoid. And with your 35 years of experience, I thought uh, this would be a good place to start. So welcome. Thank you. Um, I think to just sort of kick it off, um, have you helped a lot of people uh, with their taxes as far as the advanced premium tax credit when it comes to the Affordable Care Act? I wouldn't say help people because by the time they get to me, they've already made the mistake if the mistake was made. Uh, The Affordable Care Act was uh, meant to help people get health insurance. It's just not user-friendly. The website they have is not user-friendly. And so I would start out by saying if you need health insurance, talk to someone like Matt before you go on that (laughs) website and make, you know, the mistake that then someone like me at years in, when you come in to get your taxes done, has to say, yes, I know you thought you filled everything out correctly. And yes, da, 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 da. But now the government would like those health care credits they gave you back. (laughs) Um, That doesn't always happen, but it happens a lot. Yes. And so, I'm going to back up just a little bit because you're exactly right. The Affordable Care Act was created to help people get affordable care. Yes. And the idea behind that was based on your household size and your household income. They would factor that against the federal poverty line, and then you would get help paying for your premiums throughout the year. Correct. And now, usually, if someone qualifies for a tax credit, they get it when they file their taxes at the end of the year, right? No. What happens is if you go on the Affordable Care Act website and they say you qualify and your premium was going to be $700 a month and you qualify for a $400 
premium reduction, the government's going to pay 400 of that and you're going to pay 300. And then they send you a form at the end of the year. And that's where the trouble can begin is if say you got a raise at the last six months of the year, or one of your kids that's on the Affordable Care Act that you're a dependent got a job, all those things change your income. And now you owe some of those prepaid <laughs> credits back. And so that's sort of where I was going was, you know, the, the typical tax credits that you get away from the Affordable Care yes. Act, those you usually realize at the end of the year. Correct. They aren't giving you those up front. The government waits to yeah. make sure you qualify for it. Yes. So that's where a lot of people get themselves in trouble. Um, and that's where I've seen a lot of people have trouble is when they go through the sometimes confusing website and attempt to do it without the help of a professional, they get confused about what number the government is looking for when determining their tax credit. Correct. And so at the end of the year, like you had said, if there was a significant life change where maybe their household size shrank or their income increased, they no longer qualify for that tax credit. Correct. And the government is going to get its money back. Yes. <laughs> and how do they typically do that? Do they withhold it from a refund or their payment plans or? Well, let's just say in 2020, they just did away with all that for that one year. So if you were on the Affordable Care Act last year, you might not realize this. You may have in a normal year have owed the government money back, but because they just tossed that to the side because of COVID, you could have a situation this year that you're not aware of because last year was an unusual year. Mm -hmm. So what I try to tell people to do is if you can afford it, pay the premiums. And then if you qualify at the end of the year, it will be like a normal tax credit and they will give it to you. So can I make sure I understand it yes. properly? Okay. Yeah, As someone who has no idea what you guys were talking about prior to this conversation. So if I'm someone that I'm applying and I'm seeing if I qualify for the tax credit for the Affordable Care Act, the ACA. I could either choose to adopt that credit with my payments per month currently, as long as nothing changes and I may not necessarily owe anything back, but if anything changes, I may owe, or I could wait until the year's over, file my tax return and potentially get a return and get that tax credit at that time. Correct. Mm -hmm. And I'll know that I qualify when I submit my application online. That's when I'll figure it out. Like there's no clear cut. This particular person qualifies. You have to fill there out the application. Are some guidelines. There are poverty level lines, like between 100 and 400% 400. of the poverty, poverty line versus how many dependents you have. There are several criteria that you can meet where people get messed up. And Matt alluded to it when we were talking a couple of days ago about uh, modified adjusted gross income. That's, you know, a mystery to a lot of people. Like, what is my income? This is my income. What's modified adjusted gross income? And that's some of the things that I was talking about earlier, where your child's income is not going to be reported on your tax return. But if you're claiming that child is a dependent, it's part of the modified adjusted gross income for determining whether you qualify for credits 
for the Affordable Care Act. So you're saying and then if they get that job, yes. it could change it that. Really, it, I mean, I really feel like it's something that you need to talk to a professional about. I could sit here and tell you all the exceptions and all the craziness, like if you have children and one year you claim two of them and you're in a divorce situation and the second year the other mm-hmm. parent claims, then that changes it. Every other year it changes your your ACA premium credit possibilities. It changes it year to year. That sounds like a mess to figure out on your own. <laughs> it, is, it can be tricky. It really can be tricky. And what, what slips up a lot of people who I've helped. And so one, one of the first things that I'll ask you when we look at your plan prices on the Affordable Care Act is, what is your household income? And a lot of people who tend to go to the Affordable Care Act are self-employed and they do not know what their income is going to be. Correct. And the government for, you know, if, if I'm going to sign up for an ACA plan in 2022, the government does not care what my income is in 2021 for determining that tax credit. They will want me to forecast and estimate what my 2022 modified adjusted gross income for the household is when determining the tax credit. Correct. And so what I found is that that's very difficult for a lot of people to predict. And sometimes when business is good and they're making a lot of money, the last thing they're thinking about is, man, I really got to go back into healthcare.gov and update my income on my application. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I saw, I've seen several people with five digit tax bills having to pay back tens of thousands of dollars um, without even knowing it. Um, And so bottom line, well, bottom line is kind of of a little rough, but the number that they're looking for is your modified adjusted gross income. So in general, that's going to be income from wages, from a job, from any type of pension, social security, those types of things. Exactly. And dependent children that... um, file their own tax return. I mean, there, there is a list that you can follow, but it it's just not intuitive to most people because it's not languages and words they use often. And so what is, you know, they talk about MAGA, you know, and I, I can just see you know, the typical whatever going, what, what on earth is that? And how would I know how to do it mm-hmm. kind of thing? Right. So I just tell people to be careful. I still think the ACA is right for some people. Mm-hmm. Um, you do have the option of not taking the credits and just paying the premium. And if you do indeed qualify for the credits, mm-hmm you'll get it on the tax return itself as a refund. Mm-hmm. You'd ask earlier, what happens if you owe them money? Well, if you can't pay it all at once, the IRS will set up a payment plan. Okay. They will do that if you've overshot, you owe them money and you can't <laughs> pay it all. They will set up a payment plan, but penalties and interest accrue. Right, okay. Does that make sense? It does to me, Brett. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to say it makes sense. It just is. That just so, is. Yes. Right. That's so a great more way or less. Yeah. So try to think, I guess, if, if I was the one that needed to look at the Affordable Care Act and whether or not I qualified for the tax credits, what's more important to me, the cash flow that I have per month or getting that tax return and getting that money at one one time. And that is the that is the problem with a lot of people that are looking at ACA is that they're on limited income and so... They're like, oh, this will help me have health insurance. And so 
you know, I feel badly for those people because someone like me gets to tell them at the end of the year, I'm sorry, but you got to get, you know, they want it back now. Yeah. Hmm. So if you know people that are using it, they should check in. I would say at least three times a year on that website and update their income and make sure that they're not going to, you know, have any surprises. And if someone wants to give you a bonus the last month of the year and you know that that would take you over a limit, tell them to wait till January 1st. (laughs) I mean, seriously. And then you can adjust it for the following year and not get, you know, messed up in the current year. There's nothing wrong with that. That's perfectly kosher to do. (laughs) Right. And for those that are self-employed, perhaps doing the estimated quarterly taxes and and projecting what you're making and being ahead of the game, like you're saying. And at that time, when you're estimating your quarterly taxes, go to the website, update your income. Yes. Or contact Iconic Insurance. Yeah, exactly. I can do it through my portal. Yes. Yes. Ooh, do that. Do that. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I wanted to briefly touch on something because I still get asked this question um, almost in every appointment, actually. Is it illegal to not have health insurance? I would never say it was illegal. It was. So it what was, I'm what I'm referring was, to is the I know penalty. What you're saying. Yeah. There were there were there were penalties for not having it. Uh, those were done away with as of like one one of 2020 or 19. one one of 2019. 19 mm-hmm. one yeah. one of 2019. Um, you it's still a really good thing to have. You really should have <laughs> health insurance, uh, but the government can't penalize you on the tax return for not having it. Right. So you used to have to have what's known as a qualified health plan and they'd send you that lovely form at the end of the year, the 1095A, um, right? Yes. And if you didn't have health insurance, you had to have an exemption. Like you were a member of an organized, like say MediShare types deal. There's several plans like that that would exempt you from health care because you had health medical bills covered some other way. Right. Yeah. But yes, you would have to certify that you had it and give them your premium policy numbers. Yes, right. Brittany. Uh, yes. Thank you. Thank you, Brett. I do have a question. Uh, hand raised in parentheses. Um, so Kim, I just happen to know someone who maybe hasn't done their tax returns yet for the year. And if they are looking to um, see whether or not they qualified for the itemized credit and that kind of thing. I am obviously someone who's really intelligent and knows a lot about taxes. So if uh, the question I have is at what point does somebody try to itemize their medical expenses or their uh, on their tax returns? Is it something that they should be looking at during the year, saving receipts? Like what's something that somebody should be doing with their medical insurance in terms of credits? Well, if you are self-employed, you get to take a deduction on what would be called the uh, front page of the 1040. If you're just a regular person that has to pay for your own health insurance premiums, probably are not going to get much of a deduction for that. Itemizing of deductions was made more difficult three or four years ago when they reduced the amount of state tax you could itemize to 10 grand. So, and they, but they also upped the standard deduction. So a single person, let's just say they're 12,200. 
um, you get to write off, if you have $50,000 worth of income, you get to write off 12200 before you pay tax. If you are married filing jointly, you get to write off 24-4. These are pretty close. They may, I may be off a few bucks. So if, even though you don't get to itemize, you get to you get a, what they call a standard deduction okay. that will reduce your income. Itemize, so if you were single, say you were single and you wanted to itemize, it wouldn't be worth it unless itemizing gave you a bigger deduction than what the government gives you straight up gotcha. off the top. Okay, so it's one or the other. It's, it's not other. just you have to be paying attention, otherwise you don't get it. No. Okay, that's good. Just for the person that I know. <laughs> it's definitely not you. <laughs> no, no, oh, no, asking for a friend. And so not only with the ACA stuff, but I also was curious about some other things that I had questions. Um, do you come across HSAs a lot? Health savings accounts? Yeah. I do, and they're becoming more and more popular. And occasionally, if I, if I have to tell someone, I think you need to check with your insurance agent hmm. because the insurance agent and the health savings account person or companies are not the same. And for what I'm seeing, you don't qualify for a health savings account. So Do you run across this bad? <laughs> well, <That's> much, <laughs> much like I get asked very often, is it illegal to not have health insurance? I didn't have it last year. Okay. It's never been illegal. Like you have myth busted, but, um, with the HSA, almost everyone asks, well, can I have an HSA with this plan? And so from my understanding, and maybe we could put our two heads together and actually figure this thing out. But my understanding is that you can only create a health savings account. If you have what's known as an HDHP, which stands for high deductible health plan. Mm -hmm. And only while that high deductible health plan is in force can you make contributions Patients. to the HSA. Correct. Once the high deductible health plan goes away, you can keep the HSA. You can keep whatever funds are in there and you can continue to use them for qualified medical expenses. You simply are not supposed to continue to add, make any more contributions. But I think what you are somewhat alluding to is the fact that a lot of times who's ever administering the HSA has no idea how to keep tabs on the high deductible health plan. And that sometimes maybe certain individuals might be continuing to contribute to those Correct. HSAs. And they don't even really realize they're doing something they're not supposed to do. Sure. I just feel like it's helpful to at least have those two pieces talking to each other. Yes, if absolutely. If not through the same company. Right. And, um, just really quick, probably should have done this at the first first go around, but can you explain what an HSA is? Health savings account. Mm -hmm. It is just pre-tax money that you put aside for um, health um, events, uh, prescriptions, doctor's appointments, surgery, lab. And they, they did it in component with, as Matt said, high deductible health insurance policies mm -hmm. to help people that say maybe had a five, six, seven, eight thousand dollar deductible health insurance plan, help them with some of the non qualified expenses that they would have because they had such a high deductible. Or maybe their employer had a high deductible so that he or she could afford to have health insurance on on the, you know, staff, but it had to be a high deductible. And so health savings accounts, 
employers can contribute to them as well as employees. Uh, mm-hmm. Mary filing jointly, 7000 And that's the cap each year mm-hmm. that you can contribute to that. Mm-hmm. And then that money can just stay in there. It can stay in there. So if you did that kind of thing when you were super young and just left it alone and you had it invested in pretty decent stuff, you could have a nice chunk of change for when you're older and need more health care. Yeah. And one disclaimer on those HSAs, you cannot use the money in there to pay health insurance premiums. Nope. You can only use it for health expenses. Correct. So like you said, prescriptions, surgeries, hospital stays, glasses, things like that. Correct. And it rolls over. Rolls over mm-hmm. year to year. Stays. But from company to company? You can move it just like an IRA mm-hmm. or any other you know, investment, like if I don't like you, but I want to keep my health savings account, you can just call another company and move it. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's good to know. Yeah. Does it make you want to start one? (laughs) Uh, Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) And so uh, how do people contribute to that? So that's probably an an attractive option for self-employed people. If they can find the- Just write a check. Just write a check. You know, after they've set up, obviously, they just write a check to it. Okay. Hmm. What else you got? That was, I mean, that was a great question. How The other thing that comes up a lot, especially sometimes talking to small businesses now, is HRAs and how those um, might differ from a health plan itself. Ooh, what's an HRA? Do you know a lot about these, Kim? I'm going to let him explain. (laughs) Oh, boy. Now you're (laughs) going to let him explain. Okay. So the HRA Mm -hmm. differs in that it is a rebate for money that you spend. Reimbursement. Reimbursement. Uh There you go. For money that you spend on health things. And if I'm right, the HRA can be put towards the price of a premium. If it is an ICRA, it can. Right. Yes. All right. You want to, you want to take over mirror? Do you want me to feel my way through it? (laughs) Well, Iconic Insurance doesn't set up HRAs. We just know about them. Um, And typically the health reimbursement account is an account that's in your name that an employer can contribute to. I put money in, in, in lieu of in lieu of giving you health insurance. So instead they can say, Hey, Brett, we can't afford a $600 a month blue cross blue shield PPO for you. But we're going to put $200 a month in this HRA. And whenever you or your spouse or your child has any qualified medical expenses, you come and bring us the receipt, show us you paid for it, and we'll cut you a check. We'll reimburse you up to $200 a month, $2,400 a year. So the only time that that can actually be used for health insurance premiums, though, are, I believe, with one of those new ICRAs the individual coverage so. health but reimbursement account. Yes, I believe so. The The standard HRA was meant as a way for employers who couldn't afford the big price tag of a major medical plan to still be offering something to their employees. Now, my problem with the HRAs, the ones that you can use for the premium, is if I'm, if I'm the sole breadwinner of a family of four, and let's say I do pretty well. I make $80,000 a year and my company doesn't offer health insurance. Okay. If I were to go to the Affordable Care Act on my own and sign up for a plan for my family of four at $80,000, I don't care where you live, based on the new guidelines, I would get a tax credit to help me pay for my premiums. Okay. If my employer then says, Hey, guess what? I'm going to roll out this ICRA 
for everybody. And I'm going to put $200 a month in it for each of you. Dollar for dollar, I'm going to lose my tax credit I got from the ACA for every dollar my employer puts in my HRA. Yes. What is the point then? I have no words. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like they created this ICRA yes. and I think they had really good intentions yes. for it, but the people who need help paying for their premiums already get help from the government in the form of the tax credit. And so now if you're trying to help them also pay their premiums, the government is going to let you double dip on that. Correct. So we need to figure out an alternative solution yes. here, Kim. Yes. And we've kind of talked about, it, you know, what a stipend or something. The reason employers don't like that as well is because they pay FICA and Medicare on a stipend and, the, and workman's comp and all the other, you know, employer taxes. Whereas an HRA, as Brett alluded to, they don't pay those. Right. Pay and so what Kim, what Kim is saying is if, you know, if instead the employer, instead of that $200 a month, they would give me an HRA to help me, they would just give me a $200 a month stipend. Well, that's post-tax money. They yes. still have to pay payroll tax on that. And so a lot of the employers, even if it's in the better interest of the employee. They will not want to do that Correct. because so many people, like you've told me so many times, are just obsessed with lowering their tax burden. Yes. And they'll jump through all these hoops and do all these weird money things just to avoid paying as much tax as possible. Yes. When in certain situations, it might behoove them and actually be more beneficial to just pay the tax. Yes. That's crazy to me. Yes, it is. <laughs> but, you know, I have a lot of small... Um, companies that are doing the stipend. Okay. They are because, um, well, I present it this way. First of all, it gives your employee control over what they do with the money. Maybe this employee's spouse has health insurance for the company, for the family, but neither one of them have a retirement account. Uh, so then they can take that money and start an IRA. Okay. You know, there. You know, if you just put the money in a stipend and let the employee decide what to do with it, I feel like that gives the employee more control. And then in this environment, when everyone, every business I know almost is looking for employees, you know, things like that can matter. Mm -hmm. Little little things yeah. can matter. So. And so, Iconic Insurance actually has a program where we'll come in. And if you are a small business and you want to offer something, but the traditional Blue Cross Blue Shield PPO doesn't make sense because it's too expensive and the HRA doesn't make sense because a lot of your employees get a tax credit. What we'll go in and argue is, hey, do the stipend, yes. pay the payroll tax and let us sit down with each of the employees and make sure they're in the right spot for their situation. And that flexibility for business owners is really becoming more attractive, yes. especially because then the employee owns the plan. It's their plan. The employer doesn't have to worry about COBRA. They don't have to worry about administering it or FINRA and all that stuff. They can just give them an extra line item. What is it under? Additional income, just whatever. Just really call it stipend. Yeah. Just, you know, it shows up on your W-2, just like income. But right. But the pay stub so the employee knows what, mm -hmm. you know, it is. Well, that's, that, I actually am, I'm glad and I'm happy to hear that more of your small business owner clients are moving towards that model. Um, so I think we're on to something here, Brett. I yeah, do. I think so. <laughs> yeah, so if you're a business owner and you're listening, it might be a great idea to reach out to Matt Allen and Kim and figure out what exactly might 
put you over the competitive edge if you're trying to recruit and have employees that Absolutely. would make it better for your employees yeah. and you as a business owner. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's a great way to wrap it up. It's almost like you had that planned. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Here, flip. Um, so Kim, thank you so much for being on. Um, thank you for coming here and giving us some of your insight with your 35 years of tax experience. Um, where can people reach you? Um, you can find our company on taxadvantagellc.com. Okay. And you, I think you're also on Facebook. Oh, we're on Facebook, yeah, okay. LinkedIn. Yeah. Right. We're on all the other social media. If they platforms. look for you, they can find you. Yes. Okay. As someone told me recently, I'm very easy to find. So. Oh, well, that's and good. And it's the tax advantage. The tax advantage, not tax advantage, the, the. tax advantage, LLC.com. But the website is tax advantage, LLC.com. That's a good clarification. And what's yes. the proper spelling of your first and last name? My name is K-I-M. <laughs> the last name is P-A-D-G-I-T-T. -T. And if you've known me long, you know it's Kim West Paget. All right. Well, thank you so much, Kim West Paget, for being on. Um, and that was How in the Health Insurance Podcast. I am Matt Allen, your host. Iconic-insurance.com is where you can find more information. My email address is matt at iconic-insurance.com. And thank you for listening. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye.